0: This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Connected. I'm SJ. I'm AJ. And we the Connected Experience. Hey, bro, tell them what the Connected Experience is. That's when we take like-minded individuals, put them together in the room. We, like... Chop it up about different subjects, or we might connect ourselves with the listener with somebody we want to be connected with. But basically, what we're doing is getting you familiar with people we think that you should know. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. So, how you been doing? I can't complain. What about yourself? I've been all right. I've been all right. You got a term of the week? Yeah, I got a term. My term is grinding, and that's to become sharpened or polished by friction. And why did you pick that term? Because a lot of people say they're grinding, but that's what it really means. So, I took sharpened as to sharpen your skills And something, to sharpen your hustle, to sharpen what you're doing. To actually benefit you So that's grinding And uh, I got a term It's actually underground And that's beneath the surface of the ground A group or movement Organized secretly To work against an existing regime a lot of people didn't know that that's what that meant, you know. <laughs> <what I'm> saying? <laughs> because that's where the shit usually come from. If you throw overthrow the government or take over governments and shit like that, it start underground, mm-hmm. and then that's how you do it. Like you assemble, you make enough noise to break that seal and break that ground and break that sunlight, and then you take over what you want to take over. Why would that be your attire uh, Because a lot of people don't know that they underground or they think they underground, and they really on the surface because they ain't they ain't trying to overthrow no regimes, whatever the regime may be. Right. You know what I'm saying? That could be the musical fan and bring them into their realm. Yeah. That could be the government, that could be a lot of different things, but we go keep it at music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what we gonna get into this episode, bro? Well we got a special guest. He's actually a repeat guest. He was here last year maybe around this time, time yeah. earlier. But like, yeah, but we was actually focused on the underground hip hop awards. But today we go focus on him. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, boss?
1: What's good, Detroit? What's good, world? It's your man, B. Scarb, a.k.a. Real Name, No Gimmicks. Um, ASAR Consultant, Four Corners Podcast, Underground Hip Hop Awards. We in the building.
0: All right, so let's get into your actual story growing up. Where are you from? Where did you grow up at?
1: Uh, born and raised Detroit. Detroit. Um, I don't like to really claim a side or a hood. I tell people I'm a Detroiter. I was pretty much raised mostly on the west side. I went to school at King on the east side. Got dirty in Southwest, so I'm with Detroit. <laughs> through so how you end up at King? Was you playing football at King? Uh, basketball. Um, at the time, uh, I came up with Deion Harris that played at Redford High School. Yeah. Um, I came up with Manny Harris. He was a little younger than me, but we all grew up in the same hood. Off, of, um, I stayed on Eileen. They stayed on Burwood. We all grew up over there off of Finkel. Played rec league. uh St. Gregory, St. Cecilia's, AAU. What was my man, you know, the and old that. man name in St. Cecilia, who uh, sat by the door? Uh, I forget Hoss. his name, I forget his name, but uh, Mr. Washington's the one who founded everything over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you called on the court, what was your position?
1: Point guard, point guard.
0: Point guard, point guard. So how you feel about Lonzo Ball? <laughs> <laughs> why, why was that your go-to player? <laughs> because he a
1: Laker, I'm a Laker, bro. Yeah, I, I know you. Yeah, I like mean, that. people talk about being a true point guard, so Lonzo, you know, facilitates great passer, not necessarily a score. I was more of a, a combo guard, so I could shoot, I could post. I was more of like a power kind of like Baron Davis. And okay.
0: I and I think the thing actually is people don't actually know what a point guard is supposed to do. Like these like fans like dump. Like, bottom line, they think a point guard is supposed to be one thing. A point guard is just, like Pee Wee Kirkland said, was one of the greatest point guards, extension of the coach. So the coach can tell the point guard what to do, and the point guard can go, go run the floor. So you like the floor general when you're the point guard. So you don't necessarily have to be a great shooter. You know what I'm saying You're right, the point right. guard You pass it off So they can score the points You but still can ball We used to ball Yeah and I don't know go. I ain't gonna yeah, go say <laughs> That I can't I mean I did get out there In the uh, coaches Players game Against the kids I dropped some buckets So Yeah against <laughs> the kids like, Though yeah was like, Yeah, But they wasn't No slouches nigga. I had one first little kid grade, who, uh, could first shoot, first who could sh- <laughs> shoot from the Who could Outshoot everybody Yo, On the court There wasn't no slouches It <laughs> was in first grade what Okay when niggas Pop up in the NBA And I'm like See that's what I played against You could be like Oh he ain't no slouch Yeah yeah So how did you actually Get in the
1: um, been the music my whole life as a fan as far as a consumer. Um, first was introduced to hip hop, five years old, born and raised in Compton in nineteen ninety one. First record I ever heard. Born and raised DJ, quick. DJ
0: quick, is yeah. that DJ Quick? Yeah, yeah. yeah we, quick need to come highlight us. Come on the show <laughs> quick. Yeah. So after that, uh they say you uh you was a DJ at one point. So how did you what made you want to be a DJ?
1: Well, I was just messing around. I think anybody who watched Juice back in the 90s and saw my man GQ and Juice scratching, (laughs) everybody wanted to be a DJ. So I just kind of messed around with it. Um, Old school, like recording the radio, sticking tissue on top of the tape deck, putting in, pressing record, making little mixes for my friends and stuff. Um, But I really had an opportunity to kind of explore it as well as um, broadcasting arts when I went to high school in California for my last two years, my junior and senior year. At um, Stevenson Boarding Day School in Monterey, California. So you went to you went out there to uh, play ball, or you get okay. So when you go out there to play ball, what's the difference in the atmosphere coming from the D? Uh, it was completely different. Um, up until that point, I had never really been around any other race besides Black people. It was my first time really seeing White people, Asians, um, Chaldeans, Filipinos, like et cetera, like right, just seeing yeah, everybody, yeah. and then really being around wealth
0: now, how, how did you adjust to never being around anybody else but black and then boom you were around a plethora of different races like how did that affect you mentally even though you heard the ball but that's like a super huge culture shock and i say that because my mom she went to high school with white people uh at taylor center and she was the it was only seven black people yes. and then she went to uh What's that high school over there on the west side? It's closed now, I think. But anyway, then she went to high school in Detroit, and this was the first time she had been around all black people. She loved it, but she still was the black girl who sounded white, whatever that means. You know what I'm saying? And she said it was such a big culture shock that at times she couldn't even concentrate when she was doing her work and stuff like that because it just was a different feeling.
1: Well, for me, um, when I wasn't playing ball, when I wasn't trying to mess around the street a little bit, um, I was a TV kid, so old school shows. Me, and my granddad would watch like All in the Family, uh, shit
0: that'd never work today. Yeah. Archie Bunker would not work today. I'm just this Jefferson, <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: Sanford and Son. So just seeing interactions with the characters on the television, and just dealing with other races, and just little like things that that you would call small talking, and being able to start conversations to make with people. I kind of just played off of stuff that influenced me, from yeah. watching TV to like fill in those gaps and make those connections, even if it wasn't nothing but uh, seeing somebody passing in the hallway when I was at the school. But I was very grounded in the sense that when I went, I knew what the opportunity was going to mean for myself and how it would put me in position to be where I am now to do what I'm doing for my family. So, right, okay.
0: and it gave you the opportunity to actually be an on-air DJ, right, at the high
1: school, right? Yep. Um, it was KSPB 91.9 FM, which is a student-ran station, um, it was a thousand wattage. It covered seven counties. Um, so that's pretty good. much, yeah, that's a central- nice, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. a nice little area. That's yeah. a nice the area. Whole central coast section of California. So for those who're not um, hip to the geography in California, you got Northern California and South California. So Northern California, Sac Town, San Francisco, the Bay Area. Um, South Cal is Los Angeles, and then in the middle, in San Diego is. Um, you got Monterey, you got Pebble Beach, where they play the golf tournament set for the PGA Tour, and you got San Jose. That's like the big major city, kind of like your central coast. Now, listen. (laughs) That's crazy.
0: San Jose is our big – that's where we get our biggest listenership from. And we just were trying to discuss geographically where would San Jose fall on the map of California. So thank you for telling us that because that makes a lot of sense. What the fuck was you saying? That's exactly (laughs) what I
1: was saying. I didn't even say shit, but (laughs) that's crazy. But the – the, it was student ran, so we we had our own music director, we had our own station manager, we had several disc jockeys and broadcasters on staff. Uh, my format was two hours on Sunday evenings from eight to ten. I called it the Hip Hop Hotspot. Yeah, um, with DJ Young Nice, that was my DJ <laughs> name. So yeah, don't don't hate on me on that. Uh, but yeah, so and I was playing popular music. Like it was that experience that I really went and kind of became a crate digger as far yeah. as digging back. And kind of being more ver- versed in the culture and reading books and watching documentaries. Yeah. But Up until that point, I was just a fan of what was played in my household, and I was just a fan of like what was on the radio. Now,
0: you did know? any of those people go on to be in uh, radio and mm-hmm. broadcasting like stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, a lot to this of my day?
1: classmates that I went to school with. Um, I forget his name but one guy's doing sports news talk radio in Chicago I got another classmate that works for uh, the Fox Sports Network so he's had the opportunity to do some of the Super Bowl commercials and work with some um, NFL players so it was a lot of kids that I went to school with came from money parents was already invested into their future and so they all kind of went off to do great things. Like, everybody went to school with.
0: So did DJ Young Nights break any records? Can you remember, like, yo, I played this record, like, and it, and it
1: became something? You know what I'm saying? Low key, I don't necessarily want to go on record, but we had... Um, what? Don't say nothing. You don't want played back. Well, no, I'm just saying I don't, I, I don't want, like... That's why I'm giving the disclaimer now. Yeah. I don't want to come back to be like, well, you said you did. No, yeah. no, 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 no. But it was a situation where... Um, Mr. Fab from Oakland, Yeah, he was either dating somebody at the time that was on staff at the th- high school I went to, but to some effect, he wound up coming down and doing a show for us at one of our school dances before he became Mr. Mr. Fab, yeah. who he is now. And um, we actually had, well, that's my kids, they, they texted me, I'm sorry. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, we, we actually came and did a school dance for us and like performed like, some of his early material and um, we wound up doing an interview for him at the station, but that was somebody that I got a chance to like witness early on before he be even became yeah, yeah. who he became in battle rap and just what he is to the Bay Area. This was like when uh, Mac Dre was still alive, so for all yeah. those people that's really like yeah, in the Bay yeah. music, it's like pre hyphy, like this. Yeah, movie, yeah, like yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, because we fucked with Mac Dre when he was still alive. So yeah, when the Mac died, it hurt.
1: Yeah, There's entertainment. Talking yeah. about the thizz Th- movie. Yeah, no, yeah, we talk about
0: romper room, man. Yeah, but yeah. But we yeah. fucked with Mac Dre. Had the rompulation. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, no,
1: no, diss to uh, E forty and the Loonies and Too Short. Like they all Bay Area legends. But like, if you really like Ten Toes in the Bay, like Mac Dre, Mac what Mac Dre is to the Bay is like what Blade is here to Detroit.
0: Yeah, On steroids though, like times a million.
1: Yeah, You know what I'm
0: saying? And we took like, because we was introduced, people was introduced to E-40 first, you know what right. I'm saying? So they actually, but if you listen, if you go back and listen, a lot of shit E-40 was saying was like little shots at Mac Dre and Mac mm-hmm. Dre and them was taking shots back, but that's an East Side, West Side thing in a sense of how. I
1: mean, all them cats, the Alcoholics, Andre Nicotino, like, yeah. 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 Andre Nicotino, yeah. yeah. I really spent time out there, so I really got like, yeah past roots in Oakland and I got roots in L.A. like I was like really like in the Nickerson Gardens like I was in Watts I was in Compton like I was like them two years that I spent I made sure that everything I saw on Boys in the Hood yeah. everything that yeah. I saw in Men's Society I wanted to go see all of that I, I seen was, all that shit too I seen where Doughboy shot the nigga in the yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I want to yeah. eat at those restaurants yeah. I want to shop at those spots Now, how did get you get out there though
0: like like they recruited you or like were you messing up in school because I know because bo- it was a boarding school right
1: right it's it's not boarding from a discipline, discipline okay, standpoint. okay okay Okay.
0: Um, boarding just later if you go there type yeah, of, yeah.
1: if y'all ever want to research on it um, the actual website is uh, rlstevenson.org Um, It's Robert Lewis Stevenson High School. Uh, Robert Lewis Stevenson was a famous uh, author slash poet. But it's a well-known school as far as boarding school. So their school is on the same level as a Detroit Country Day here. Or Or like Cranbrook. Cranbrook here. Um, But how I got noticed is that um, one of the gyms that I used to frequent working out, uh, Elmwood Church of God and Christ, they used to have open rec there on Saturdays. And it was a scout that had came that was scouting some of the talent that was playing there they weren't there to see me they was there to see somebody else but that person didn't show up that day and i just so happened to be there um he getting, showed you know, up saying, <laughs> get my game off and um my grandfather uh always kept my report card in his wallet you know what i'm saying so when the guy was acting around about some of the guys who was playing on the floor he asked my grandfather like who was that young man he's like that's my grandson you know my grandson being like my unofficial agent on the sideline, pumping me up, networking. He's like, "Well, he was great. He's right here, He's right? Here. <laughs> right here. Yeah. Like I've already, <laughs> yeah. I know what's the next question. Right, yeah. right. So from that situation, you know, dude sat down with me. Um, I didn't want to go because at the time, I was really moving up uh, the ranks where I was at King. Um, at the time when I was at King, I was playing with Chuck Bailey, uh, Kurt Gilmore, um Kurt, Courtney Williams, who all played with the family. That was the AAU team I played on. I played under Coach Benny White. Who oh, went you on. played
0: on the family. Yep. Yeah, Ali. You know Ali's Legion. Yep. He played – that's my little cousin. That's my first cousin.
1: Yep. So, he yeah. went on to um, coach at Eastern. But long story short, um, we had a stacked squad. Yeah. So, I was, like, seventh, eighth man on the squad. So, I was getting ticked. I was averaging, like, 12, 15 points a game, but I wasn't starting. Yeah. So, my granddad, like, you putting in all this work, you know, busting your behind. Like, you need to, like, figure out an opportunity to break in the lineup. And on the flip side – I wasn't even supposed to go to King. I originally was supposed to go to Reford. Yeah. Because before I joined the family, I played on the same AAU team as Deion Harris. Yeah. So Deion Harris like my big bro. Yeah. So it's like that's where I wanted to go, but I took the test and got into King. And granddad like, well, this is a better school, so we're going to go here. Go here. And then I wound up making a squad over there and doing well but I hadn't, like, got, like, what I, what my goal was. Like, I was doing two-a-days, working out. Right, you, you want to sit, you want to start. Right, yeah, I, 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 I yeah. wanted to get to where I wanted to get to, but the opportunity was too good to pass up. Yeah. And, you know, at first I didn't think it was real. I thought the dude was scamming us. Like, you trying to send me to Cali? <laughs> like, yeah. you don't even know me, bro. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? So we flew out there, saw the school, visited know, talk with the coaches, you know, took them some of my game film, and they, you know, made us an offer we couldn't refuse.
0: Now, when you went out there, though, did the coaches, like, know about you from, from that guy talking to him?
1: Yeah, they didn't know about me from, um like, being on the radar because I wasn't ranked yet. Yeah. So, at the time, it was, like, really an opportunity for me to, like, build my brand as an athlete. You got to remember, like, circa, like, 2000, So like 2004, AAU was just starting to become big. Big as it is, In terms of business, in terms of the shoe endorsement deals and all that. So I was like a first generation of that. Like we was kitted out by Adidas, like going to ABCD camp. You know, The first time I met LeBron was at an ABCD camp for Adidas. So it was just like that's that's the world I was starting to go into that I didn't have a chance to experience here in Detroit because I wasn't in the top of the rotation. But to make a long story short, Got out there, did really well, got written up in the newspaper, uh, wound up being recruited by Central Michigan. It was between me and the center. They went with the center. And then I had a couple other D2 offers and then a lot of D3 offers. And I ultimately chose to go D3 because I wanted to come back home to be closer to my family. Oh, I I hear
0: you uh, talk about your grandfather a lot. So how did your grandfather influence your life? Was that like your dad and your grandfather, so Uh, to speak? My
1: granddad was everything, man. Uh, Shout out to Lovey Sr., um, my grandfather pretty much saved my life. Like I said, uh, when I say I'm a Detroiter, like I've done everything any young man in the city would have done between the ages of 12 and 18 and then so. Right. And so I was raised with my mom. Unfortunately, she succumbed to uh, mental illness when I was in my middle school years, and um, the state took me and my sister away from her. So I wound up going through the system, spent a little time in juvenile. So my granddad was the one who kinda pulled me from that, saved my life and put me back on solid ground. Right, right. So right. by the time I got to high school, it was like from that point on it was just basketball in school. Right. And right. so he pretty much grounded me. So that's why you hear me talk about my grandfather a
0: lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could dig it. I could dig it. So boom, so you come back home, you uh you ended up going to Kalamazoo College. Yep. That so that you played barter. Yep.
1: I yeah. played my first two seasons, um, me and the coach wasn't saying eye-to-eye. Uh, the whole deal was to be a big fish in a small pond. So kind of like the two years that I did in Cali, it was supposed to come here, tune up, get your stats up some more. Go transfer. Transfer, do yeah. that out. Um, did that, but he didn't keep his end of the bargain with shopping me around. Then right. I started shopping myself around, and then it was some tampering issues because uh, some of the people from the college, you know, I was having – Perks and privileges that other people weren't supposed to have. Right? Oh,
0: so they looked at that as tampering. Yeah, so right.
1: I, it was an issue where I was, was going to lose my scholarship and possibly be kicked out of school. And then I actually got into a physical altercation with the coach because I'm like, "Yo, this is my life, bro." Like, right? Like, the, yeah. yeah,
0: I get kicked out of school here. I might end up in the penitentiary for murder right, 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 or right. anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like that where we from. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? So, like, after the physical altercation, did you just go to another college or did you stop college? or Like, what happened after that?
1: Well, I was able to get off. Shout out to my attorney. Still my attorney to this day. <laughs> yeah. So I was able to get off. and um, I stayed in school, but I was basically forced to quit the team. Yeah. Okay, okay,
0: so all this basketball talk, did you actually have NBA dreams, though, or did you say I'm going to use basketball to make – That was actually, it- like, my next yeah, question. Yeah, because, like – you, you might have been like I just need to get a, around this type of atmosphere I really want to be an agent I really or or did you actually have NBA dreams
1: at one point when I was younger but I think by the time I had made it back from Cali I felt like I was good enough where I could have went overseas and played okay yeah. but it's like due to family circumstances like I started being a man at 12 years old so I was taking I've been taking care of my mom since 12. I put my sister through school. She just graduated from Michigan State last year. That's, That's what's up. My, uh, yeah. my grandfather was elderly now. I'll take care of him. And I got my own three daughters. Right, so I mean, you, it wasn't no
0: way that you could just go overseas. Exactly. Yeah. So it was
1: like as real life kept happening yeah. and I kept, you know, battling and coping with that, it just became of I'm going to get my education. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to let basketball and the negativity that came from that distract me from getting my education. That's yeah. what I'm here for anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how I Now, was
0: you able to keep your scholarship, though, even yeah, though you yeah, wasn't saying, on the team? Was,
1: that's what the whole court case was about because yeah. it wasn't something that the gifts that they claim I received, I never asked for. It was yeah. stuff that they were trying to give me to make me feel comfortable and to kind of, like, keep me there. And then, Right,
0: because they the, knew that it was time for you to move on. So and, so that, and the
1: promises they made as far as it was a system. So it was yeah. supposed to have been, like, a phone call, Shoot my grades over and I was gonna be there, but that never happened. So it's like all of this stuff kind of hit the fan once I wasn't cooperating with the. the Yeah, like
0: nah, dog. I'm trying to. I'm trying to move on. It's (laughs) time uh, for me to move on. So So let's talk rap. Let's like. So how did you actually end up meeting Uncle P?
1: Oh man, we didn't. We didn't jump light years from. uh, (laughs) Oh, oh.
0: So okay. So.
1: what was your introduction into like the music industry, the, the business side of it okay, then? Okay. You know what I'm saying? So when I was in college at K, um, my best friend who I grew up with, uh, his name is Bishop, um, started running around with black government. Yeah. Big Gov. Good so my first introduction to like independent business and the industry here in Detroit was through black government and Big gov. And so hanging around them, just kind of being like an intern for real, like putting up posters, going out, passing out flyers, being in the studio, and just kind of learning it from that perspective was my first window. And then from there, my same friend, when I graduated from Kalamazoo College, we started a record label with three other people called Varsity Music Group. Okay. And okay. then the, the artist that we broke, that we had the most success with from that um, outfit was Vizu Low Key. That, that's the young boy, right? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. what I was pushing, and um, we dropped a project called Focus back in 2014, that was catching a little traction here locally in the city, and right before we could really put our foot down, you know, the company kind of dismantled in between, and um, during that dismantle is when I met Uncle P.
0: Okay, okay, so now that you meet Uncle P, was DetroitRap.com a thing? I know DetroitRap.com had been going on for a long time, so you, were you familiar with, like, the work he was doing, or somebody just like, yo, this is my man Uncle P, and y'all got to doing stuff together? Like, how did, you know, like, w- were you familiar with his,
1: previous work no I wasn't uh, it was the latter part of what you said somebody um, actually Vizu had um, when they used to have a spot I believe on 6 Mile between Greenfield and Southfield, they used to have like a physical location the original D-Rap crew and the original founding of the company and they used to have Cyphers and when Vizu was young like Middle school young, he used to go up there and freestyle. Yeah. And he met P, he met Biggs, yeah. he met uh, Miss Corona there, and like a few other people. A lot of people um, who was on the freestyle circuit. Right. Yeah, But that n- nothing never Material materialized alive. from that situation. He just went on being a kid up until we started working with him a few years later. So he was the one who actually was like, yo, um, Uncle P be throwing shows sometimes at the Frog. You know, this might be a good outlet for me to get some exposure. So based off of that, I reached out and contact Uncle P. So my first business dealing with P was booking Vizu for a, a March Madness show that he was doing that okay. year. Okay. And Vizu performed at that show and toured down, and the rest is history from there. Yeah.
0: And history, since we talking history, the Underground Hip Hop Awards is uh, actually his fifth year. Great, great production, man. Like, we actually was there, I think, from the second year. Yeah, you second year. Um, on. This, whatever year Bodie James performed that when it was in a shelter, we, we never missed one
1: after that. You know what I'm saying? That was the second year. Okay, yeah, so, so second yeah. year. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. We only did the show to the first year. Okay. Yeah.
0: So the only to see it come up, like, and to actually be at the uh, African-American uh, museum or whatever, that was dope. But let's talk about what your dream job would be in the industry. Like, if you could pick your dream job, like, boom, I could do this. This is what it is, and i will be happy with this.
1: Uh, always, initially was to be an a and because I was always a fan of, like, Um, Puffy and what he did in the early days of Uptown for Jodeci and Mary J and how he groomed uh, B.I.G., Total and Mace and 112 and the original Bad Boy crew. And, um, yeah, that just always inspired me. So I was always inspired by the story. Like, Biggie, my favorite rapper. Like no diss to those who love Tupac and Jay, but you do got to disclaim that. That's yeah, yeah, your yeah, favorite
0: yeah, yeah, rapper. That's yeah, yeah. why I, that's why rap fans like make me sick. Like if you
1: say you love Biggie, that don't mean you don't love Pac. That don't Biggie even mean that favorite. don't got
0: nothing to do with Pac. Like yeah. I, people yeah, but put see, the. My
1: argument, the, the, this is my classic argument. Whenever we get into the top five that are alive, is that what, to me what made Big great is that he truthfully, when you think about all things consistent, he only lived off the success of one album because he didn't live to see what life after death, death was going to do
0: well i never heard life after death in his entirety because i didn't fuck with big at that point i fucked with west coast music but when you're talking west coast i'm talking brother lynch mm-hmm. all of that northern That's california stuff. Yeah, but yeah. what make me like big after i start listening is big the way he rapped on the couple songs i heard on ready to die to Life After Death he's the most improved MC ever like he was dragging his flow when he got to Life After Death it was so in pocket and the storytelling so vivid and I think the only person who's ever had a album go from that like ready to die to the next type of caliber is Rick Ross because Rick Ross is one of the only artists who Flow delivery the, and everything get better. Uh, ev- the next right. album, and I think that's what rap was supposed to be about. In the period, like how do you get better? I, I don't want to sell you the same song. So be it. Going from a uh, juicy to hypnotize, the flow is so different. That's an right, improvement.
1: You, mind. you just proved my point is that ready to drop dropped in '94 and the singles from Life After Death came like late 96 early Yeah, yeah. 96. no yeah I see what you're saying he, so he lived just off of that one album and he right didn't, cause he didn't, he
0: didn't even get the world he didn't even see the world here right what I'm saying
1: that. but he didn't he he had a decent amount of features yeah. a decent amount of remixes but he wasn't moving around the way other he wasn't whoring was. himself out like it was a special thing Stay staying power Years later, you know, decades still, later, you feel know yeah, me? Like, yeah, really like this he's it. still in his yeah. top conversation. So when I be like having the water cooler conversations or in the barber talking, like, well, "Why you choose big?" I'm like, "Bro, <laughs> like he only had one album for real." Yeah, like, that he, he could, creating, that he could stand on. Right, he was yeah. creating another one. What, what was, was eventually going to be a masterpiece. Yeah, because we
0: don't even know if he heard that album in sync. Right. You we feel what I'm we saying? Don't we don't, don't even know if he heard, if he heard, heard that it.
1: album in sync. We don't know if he heard it. Mixed, mashed. Yeah, right. none All of that. we know is he laid it down, did his part and walked away. See, but my, I, and I, he was only 24. Yeah. Right.
0: See, I think the top five conversation is, like, stupid because, like, okay, a great MC is a great MC no matter where they from. You know what I'm saying? That's but, like, if you never, I'm gonna use Brother Lynch as an example. If you've never been exposed to Brother Lynch, hun, regardless of the content of his music, mm-hmm. as an MC, he's a great MC. Right. He's right. he's top caliber. Saying? He's a top caliber MC. You might not like what he's talking about, or you might not have been exposed to him, but that don't mean that. Let's just say a Pac should be everybody top five sound like this. Jay-Z, Tupac, uh, Big, big Nas, nice, and Five is interchangeable. Scarface. You know what I'm saying? It could, depending on what reason. is my
1: number two. But see, this is the other thing, too. Like, I also catch people up because I be like, okay, to me, when you say top five, dead of a lot, this is who you listen to, like, right now. Like, am yeah. I hopping the whip with yeah, you right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They in the tape deck. So you yeah, can't yeah. Say they my top five, and I ain't listening to them. And I hop in the car. You playing something else, like, right? Right. So, and that's why we see, would say Nigh like wouldn't a Mac be in my top you five because
0: said? I listen to nine songs. Right. But when I'm just ri- when I'm riding through, matter of fact, the nine songs in the album that I like the most. Is the one that niggas like, oh, that's the bullshit album <laughs> or whatever. But when I hop in the ride, my playlist consists of Brother Lynch, Mac Dre. You know what I'm saying? Big and Pac on there. Right. But if if we adding up the songs. I got more Mac Dre songs than anything. I got more, you know what
1: I'm saying? I got more, more Scarface, Scarface than songs. anything. Yeah.
0: You know what I'm saying? I got I I more Fat Prodigy Matt. songs than Nas. You know yeah, what, I'm that's what I'm saying? Well, it just,
1: to me, when you say Top 5 Dead or Alive, when you talk about your favorite MC Is like, who influenced you, like where did you pull a game from that you might apply to your everyday? Yeah. Like when you like So morning, I'm going to say Teela. Who you you, feel who what I'm you saying? cutting on when you yeah. get ready? Who you, know who, who, who you listening to when you on your way to the crib at night when you done with work like? Yeah. Who, who you, you put in, with?
0: who you press play on when you get your hair cut? Right. That's <laughs> when you happen <laughs> <in> to <the> ride <laughs> at a fresh cut. Who you press play on, and that's th- those are that's what make it. But people think that my top five would be yours because this is what the magazines say your okay. top five should be. And like me, with big. Like my favorite song, one of my favorite, uh, big long big kiss good night. Niggas bleed, niggas bleed, but niggas bleed just like us. Yo, this shit is a movie. I can vi- I visualize it every time I hear and I've been listening to it for twenty y'all years. Like a, a, a like little known fact about niggas bleed like us. That's the only time Clive Davis told an artist that that imagery would be too dark in people's heads. So you know the end of it, he'd be like, they car got they double parked they by a hydra. It was something different. Clive Davis told him that. So he went in and like made a joke out, out of, the of the whole situation. situation. But yeah, you but like niggas bleed just like us. Like that's a real movie. You can see everything mm-hmm. he's saying and you see it every single time. So like these is M C skills. But so if you were a and how do you discover your talent as as the if, if your dream job, A and R and wherever what 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 would be what company would you A and R for?
1: Uh, if I had to go back in the day, it would be Def Jam.
0: No, we talking right now. No, I'm saying like right, right now. now. Like who, if you were an A and R, you was an A and R. Yeah, what company would you want to work for right mm. now? If I had to go back in the day, I actually would pick Loud, because it seemed like they A and R has yeah. had the most free reign, like to make a project what the artists. Yeah, because they had like, a wide variety. I would say Def
1: Jam because it's, it's iconic, just like Motown. Like if you had to pick your Soul Generation, yeah, you know. People would say Motown because you just wanted to be a part of that energy. But right now, um, I'll probably say like one of the independent outfits, like maybe Sony Red or Empire. Yeah, you know, okay, yeah, it's where you could go. Nah,
0: it, do y'all think like that the A and R is really needed? Like, I mean, well, actually, no, it is needed. Do you think it's utilized like not, back, in not, no, yeah, neither, back in the like, day? No. Yeah, me neither.
1: Like it was. It was about. Um, Grooming the artist not just for artistic value but also the business side too. Right. So the A and R job was to make sure that the, the records was being created, that the artist was delivering on that, but also making sure that they publishing was together, they copyrights was together, making sure that they understood equal the business yeah. both. So it's like nowadays the A and R. It's damn near the DJ.
0: Yeah, I'm about to say, I feel like the way music is discovered and consumed now, like, can't no A&R take credit for that. Unless, like, like okay, like, right now I'm working with a a, a cat, right? Like, I'm really involved, right? right? Nobody's heard his music yet, so, like, ain't no A&R take, can take credit for that because yeah. by the time they hear it, it's going to come from a DJ call or something like that. A&R used to be like, Oh, you on the west side? I heard it's some niggas on the west side of Detroit or Insta yeah, an who in the could rap. Yeah, like, yeah, in, in the like, trenches. Like, yeah, and that tasted like something
1: like the bullfrog. Like, yeah. they would come there and, once see, and, what one. Yeah, and see what even, was going man, on, look, on. Even man, look even further. I
0: don't know if you know who DJ Nobody is, but like we used to have like a weed spot booming. Right, this is like long time ago, so I can say this. We used to have like a weed spot booming. Right, so like unbeknownst to us, like DJ Nobody, when he came in the town, he would come and see what music we was making because he knew niggas who we knew. That's A&R shit right. because if he would have signed us, that's the story he go tell. Like, I, I like these niggas really doing what they rap about. Like, this is how I know them. Right. But, you know, my, because my cousin and them had a deal with Universal. Back in the day, it was a group called D.I.M. and the, the main artist was Ricochet. I don't know if you remember Ricochet. Yeah, he was the first artist to actually signed SRC. SRC. Okay. And he had a song called Kakuchi, right? And this is how we found out how radio worked, right? Now, in Michigan, nobody, was nobody knew it, but it had radio exposure of over like 40 million people in just the southeast regions You feel what I'm saying? So, like, they went on tour and all of that. And then my cousin used to be like, yo, like, they, my cousin, Black, he passed away, but he used to be in the group. And he, like, that's the first, like, he used to bring us checks and shit. Like, look, Universal just cut us a check because I wrote a hook and shit. You feel what I'm saying? Then that's who told us, like, yo, remember we used to be pulling up in that such and such? DJ Nobody, his A&R, he used to be in the car with us. Right. You feel what I'm saying? So, that's A&R work. Nowadays, it's like, oh, I heard that when right, such right. and such DJ dropped a good A&R, like, right now, if I was a and I'm in a club in Mississippi. Even though I'm from here, I'm like, yo, let me go just to the random hip-hop night and see who popping. And that don't happen no more. A&R is actually a lost skill, so that could actually come into, like, you working with some new artists now, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, I got a business relationship with the artist Drago. Shout out to my man Drago, Lil Bino, and the whole crew. Um, But I came across him through a, a mutual acquaintance and associate. He needed some help with getting some administration as far as publishing and copyrights. So I've been taking care of that for him um, and just basically helping him with business behind the scenes. So it's like whatever he need, I'm there for. But that's somebody who I've been recently doing business with as far as an artist. Um, in the past, I done work with Ro Kang. I done work with Stretch Money. Yeah, not
0: Stretch. That was like your biggest at one point because you actually started off as a fan of his music and then seen where you could help him, right?
1: Yep, yep, yep. Any situation, like one thing that if you haven't heard about me as far as my rep is that I'm a real dude. You know what I'm saying, like I'm not somebody that um, get content with whatever my success is, or get caught up in street fame, or think more of myself than the next person. You right. Feel what I mean? So, whether you have a A-list, C-list person, whether you somebody who had your shine and you trying to get it back, yeah. Like wherever you are on the spectrum, if it's something I could do and I like your music and I like how you move as a business, as a man, person, yeah. You know what I'm saying, let's put it together and see what happens. So like with the stretch thing, yeah, I was a fan of them. When, it's, when it comes to local music... Or um,
0: independent, it ain't nothing local. I'm
1: just saying, when it, come, <laughs> when it comes to the scene here in the city, like he was one of my favorites.
0: He was that guy. Like He was poised to be like... You know, it's only a selected few that when you look off-rip, you can say they can make it outside of this bubble. You know what I'm saying? And it's usually it got a lot to do with how they sound. So like uh we love the Detroit sound, right? right? And the Detroit sound is taking over at this point, but it took so long to get that that when people like Stretch and Bodie and Royce and when they didn't sound like Detroit, but mm-hmm. they was like top notch spitters, you knew like they could make it mm-hmm. outside this bubble. And he definitely was on that bubble, uh we I need think to get stretch on the show. Yeah, and I think I think like the jail definitely like it stopped that like you feel what i'm saying because he was on a trajectory i
1: I, I got a little inside track so i I would say that i would say he would tell you that was a part of it but um just from my time with him what happened with bro is just not seizing the moment that's probably the best yeah i I mean
0: i heard stories like behind the scenes stories of label meetings and shit and like but that's just shit i heard because we be knowing different people
1: that's what i'm saying like seizing the moment in the sense of that bro had opportunities and but because the opportunity maybe not had a fashion or presented itself the, the way right they piece. dreamed about it, yeah. like the way that they they saw it coming to fruition, yeah. they and pass, that- they passed on certain situations. Whereas if they would have took it. And just use it as a stepping stone, to game or mid middle to the and next We were just moment. talking about how it could it could have blossomed yeah. into what he wanted. It just that you had to because like people, back then, like people felt like if I get the deal, then I'm on. Like I don't no, have to do this. nigga, nothing the else.
0: work starts now. <laughs> and you know what? Like we were just talking about how like the way people dream things actually hurt them because it's supposed to go this way, and instead instead of having the end goal, you know what I'm saying? Like our end goal is this. However, we got to get there. You got to get there. Right. So I don't want to, if I turn left, I didn't turn left when I visualized it. So turning left, I'm not turning left because that ain't how I visualize it. And that's what a lot yeah. of people do. They put it how they want it to go. And that if the, the end goal is the end goal. If, if we trying to do this like this, no matter what we got to do to get there, we get
1: there. Right. You know what I mean what at I'm the saying? time that I had with him, you know, we had conversations. We kind of said like, things along those lines. Like, man, if I knew what I know now back then, I would have just took certain situations just to get my foot in the door and then, and then maneuver. Keep, you know yeah, what I'm saying yeah. from there, but you know you' young and you high. You you hot. You, you, right.
0: usually, you. It's hard when because for people who listen to who don't know who Stretch Money is, he had his own summer. Right. He didn't share with nobody. Like right. you know right. what I'm saying. Like he did, and that's big. in a, especially in a city like Detroit, when you're not sharing with nobody, you know right. what I'm saying. So when Stretch came through, when you young like that, you go from being a man and then you go sit in a situation, and it's like. Not to take nothing for stretch, but you just one in a few when you walk outside the door after this meeting. We got another meeting Ooh, with a guy, guy, guy whose numbers justice. you know what I'm saying. So a lot of people got to see it like that, like it's the mm-hmm. big fish, small pond thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But in closing, this let's talk about the closing of the bullfrog. <laughs> okay. That one hurt, <laughs> like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how how do you think that's gonna affect the uh, the, the music scene? Yeah, here? the scene. Like, it's gonna
1: it's gonna affect a lot, man. Like <laughs> man. I, I got a love-hate relationship with the Bullfrog. I love it for what it does for opportunity, because people who've never performed before, people who've never promoted before, like the rental fee was affordable to get to in there, anybody up yep. to rent the fee to be able to throw your joint there. And then, as far as as a aspiring artist, you know, no matter who was promoting, if you had the guts to go there and ask somebody, "Could I rock the stage?" Can I, I, I get on? <laughs> nine <laughs> out of ten, you could get on. So it's like to me, the Bullfrog is representing just true. Unbiased, fair opportunity and anybody, independence for anybody to have an opportunity to rock. I hated it because I feel like, from a business standpoint, because they had to keep them doors open, they had to keep business in there, they wasn't as exclusive as probably they could have been. Who they let come in there promote,
0: yeah, yeah. So, I, that's yeah. A, so
1: on that side, as just as a businessman, I kind of hated it from that standpoint because it's like the value when you talk about equity that you build in something is like. You maintain a certain value the more you keep a certain mystique about it. Yeah, right. yeah, right. that because that not that could have been
0: like a Live Nation venue. That's what right. I was about to say. That's but what I, what I think the
1: Bullfrog had more impact on
0: these generation of rappers than a Shelter go ever have on yeah, that but generation right. of rappers. Right. What I'm saying is that. But the, I know what you're saying. But the shelf, the Shelter was like for that generation it was exclusive. Like you had to
1: you had to have a certain level a, of yeah, credentials. Yeah, yeah, a level and the Bullfrog
0: of, would let anybody
1: get a it. A certain yeah. level of a, a business acumen, <laughs> like you, you had. Yeah, yeah. I'm being careful with my words because it's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we,
0: we 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 spent a lot of money and made a lot of money at the bullfro. Well, so saying, we definitely I'm, understand what you're saying. I'm like, saying
1: it's more love than not. But I'm just saying, like, it could have been
0: something. It was special. Right. It could have been like secretly, spe- sacred, special. Like, the, I just
1: feel like it, it should have been like a, a club to some degree. Like, and you you got to earn a certain the right to yeah to get in there. But I yeah. understand. As a venue owner.
0: Yeah, I got to keep these lights I gotta off. I got to keep
1: these doors open. So yeah. whoever want to come in and, and pay me to use my facility, facility. To do it, yeah. I got to do it. That's what I'm saying. That's why I said it's a love-hate thing because I, I understand the business of why they were doing what they were doing. Yeah. I understand the business of from the promoter side, and it's somewhere I can, I, I ain't got to spend X amount of dollars. $3,000. To get in and do my thing, but it's like every promoter ain't quality. Right, right. right. or qualified
0: to so do I this. So I guess
1: for more, for more where I'm coming from, I just feel like, Quality control could have been a little bit better.
0: Yeah. All right. So, what's next for you, bro?
1: Um, right now, just family, man. Uh,
0: yeah, I see online like you are huge. You live that daddy daughter life. Like we both live <laughs> that too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I love to see that though, man, because like they feed you this narrative that black males don't do that, and that's just not true. I don't. All the black males around me, like my oldest brother, is a single father of a of a daughter, and two he put daughters. A, two right. daughters, put them through college, all of that. You feel what I'm saying? So I love when I see that because I think more people need to understand that we are like black fathers we are here you know what i'm saying i'm not a dad i'm a father like every yeah, aspect of my daughter's life to, to look man they thought i was a single father like i would be at the school so much you feel me i'm married i will no right. i'm going to take her to school every morning right. i'm going to shake the teacher's hand if right. anything you call me and then if it's a real problem my wife a beer, <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Because right. I don't want to be up in here. She she could talk a little better. Because I'm going straight to the jugular if I feel like it's a real problem with my babies. You feel me? All right.
1: I'm um I'm on a spiritual journey right now, man. I had some situations personally last year. Got shot in the arm from attempted robbery. Yeah. That led me coming into Lashes award show. So for those that came last year, I had to cast on. Yeah. At the award show, so I had to sit in the spittle for a month. By myself, miss Christmas, miss New Year's with my kids. Yeah. Um, you recovering good, though? Oh, yeah. I'm 100% from, that's we talking about over a year ago now. But I dealt with that at the top of the year. Then I welcomed my third daughter in the spring. And then, unfortunately, by the summer, my wife and I decided to go through a divorce. Yeah. And so uh, it took me a lot of courage and strength to even get to the point of voicing that now because I'm a very private person. Yeah. Um, but I feel just a part of my testimony to share, you know, where I am in my faith right now. And it's just like. That's what my focus is because I spent a lot of time around the city trying to make a name with the Underground Hip Hop Awards, trying to make a name with my own podcast, trying to make a name with the artists that I was managing and situations I was a part of. That the time that I had took away from my children, time I took away from my wife, I can't get that back. Right, right. and I'm not blaming. You know what I'm saying? My uh, entrepreneurial endeavors as the,
0: aspirations, as, yeah. as the
1: bottom reason why me and wife parting. But it did play a significant role.
0: Because this uh, uh, this
1: this lifestyle, when you're doing any, when you own
0: any type of grind, man, that, yeah. that it, it take a lot away from your family. It's hard, man. Even working twelve hours a day,
1: like at a, at Bro, a job, like you know. You got, you got, I work for Michigan State. I'm a senior admissions counselor, full time. I've been there ten years, and in the last seven years of those ten, I've been doing what I've been doing as a music entrepreneur here in the city. And so when I say, like, I've had 2 a.m., 3 a.m. nights in my basement trying to figure out what my next move is going to be, and I got postage notes all across my basement and my goal list and my vision board, yeah, like, all of those entrepreneurial tips that you take from reading books and going to seminars, like, I've lived that life. I've yeah. This shit got, is hard. This, 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 this shit ain't pretty, man. Like, like yeah. I went and got business loans. I went and hustled and made extra chips where I can make extra chips, like, I'm probably like just in my own journey the last seven years. I'm probably somewhere around 30, 40 grand that I just invested out of my own pocket. Yeah, and people,
0: people don't think like this real. Like I'm putting every dime like I'm that. sacrificing time with my family. That's the, the only most thing. Important. The <laughs>
1: only thing I didn't do was just like sacrificing necessities. Like I don't have a story of putting up the house. or yeah, yeah. Putting up the car or yeah. you know not taking care of the home front like.
0: That got to stay solid just for a peace of mind. Right. You feel what I'm saying?
1: we wasn't able to maybe travel as much or I might not have got the J's. I might have got you the Ivo's or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have got you the other superstar. Like, you ain't get the J's, but you got whoever was next in line. Like, it was those minor sacrifices that allowed me the financial freedom to do it because up until the award show, I never had, like, a financial partner or a backer or investor. Everything I did, I pay out of my pocket. And even with the award show, the first year, me and P did it ourselves. Yeah. And then the second year, uh, Mighty John, shout out to Johnny Hawkins, you know, helped us move upstairs. And then by year three, he became an official partner, partner. and investor in what we had going on because we had two years of proving ground to show right. him that Track he was record. capable. Yeah. Of what he was doing. So and it's, it's still like, getting better, man. It's getting right. better and better, so man. Everything like. we did, like we literally like built it and cultivated it from the mud. So I understand for all of those people who work a nine to five and then you have to switch hats and jump into your entrepreneur bag and you're not necessarily living in your entrepreneur bag 100% the way you want to, because you gotta work to live. Yeah, like I understand that. So
0: Yeah, so hopefully everything uh, go how you want it to go with that situation. Oh, yeah, 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 You know what I'm saying? So
1: uh, tell people how they can reach you. Uh, you can reach me on all social media, uh, uh, Brandon K. Scarber. My actual handle is at groundlife313, on Instagram, on Twitter, um, I'm on Facebook, YouTube, you know, you can Google, no pun intended. Like, I got enough stuff out there where you can get aware of what I'm doing. Uh, I'm thinking about bringing uh, the Cyphers back. Okay, okay. So I I may uh, drop some of that coming up in the spring. Um, But like I said, right now I'm just thankful that we had another successful award show. Shout out to everybody that was involved. Um, And I'm just thankful right now for where I am with my family and my girls. And right now I'm just focusing on fatherhood, man. Yo,
0: yo. I just wanna suggest <laughs> that that next year it's just a strict podcast category. That way you ain't you you don't put the podcast up against the
1: websites.
0: You know what I'm saying? saying? Because it's, it's internet it was a uh, best internet outlet, which we were not. Well, I can explain with. that. Just
1: a real quick <laughs> disclaimer. We used to have best internet radio and then we used to have best uh outlet. Website, yeah. But what happened is is people start closing up shop, as you guys know. Yeah, doing internet radio or doing a blog spirit or even doing a podcast is like you might get it going for like 3-6 months but it's hard to keep it going for, for the a whole year time. Yeah, or for a couple of years and so it's like to not diss anybody that's doing anything that's basically some variation of doing something through the internet media we try to include everybody by having it as that one category so yeah. whether you was a blog site, a podcast or actual radio station we wanted to get everybody that equal share to be able to be recognized otherwise we wouldn't have enough nominees to justify yeah. the category
0: oh and shout out to everybody who voted this was the most votes in the uh, five-year history right yes yeah, yes, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. So that's we, dope too
1: well, we changed the system because all of the uh negative issues we dealt with in the past so instead of going through the um voting website that we was using that also the gospel awards used, we had a homegrown web designer built it from scratch
0: Oh, so okay. we can
1: have more control over, highs, over making yeah. sure people don't try to cheat the system. We still had one. I know, dog. I said somebody, that. We ain't even going to um, talk about that. Yeah. It's like paying. I, guess, I don't know if she was paying people to vote or after people have voted, she would pay them as a thank you. I've heard variations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but you know
0: what? P kept it classy because he didn't mention who it was right. either. And that person came out and said that it was them. Man. You know what I'm saying? Because, right, right. yeah. But, you know, that's going I mean, my ever.
1: whole thing is like. This is what this, as I close out, this is what I'll say about the award show and just about my brother P. First, with the award show, our whole goal was to try to level the playing field. Right. Okay. That's the only thing that both P and I wanted to do from the jump was figure out a way to try to get the cast system of how things work in the city to be more level so that everybody would have an equal opportunity to rub a bump shoulders. Because we have an industry here, we just don't bring stuff together we don't right. structure it's it. a lot yeah it's a lot it's, called, it's yeah. a lot of moving pieces and it's like if you want to know you know how to connect the dots but it's not like a ready-made system where you right. can just plug into it like say Atlanta. Atlanta right. you feel
0: what I'm saying like in Atlanta for example that hot next person when they only come up they know who to fuck with and right. then they know like this gonna transcend me to even just the top of Atlanta, but you know if you get to the top of Atlanta, you get to the top of the United States, so, all right, so you feel I'm saying, what I'm saying? We like definitely could do that here.
1: I feel like we have that, but a lot of old grudges, a yeah, lot yeah, of egos, broken ego. promises, yeah. pride, ego, money, it, like all of the above is reasons why people keep their portion of what they can do to themselves and yeah. we'll mess with them and vice versa. But that's what our goal was, to make the plan feel level. Right About my brother, regardless of what scenario, circumstance, he finds himself in good, bad, and different. P. Hart is always to help.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, P. a good dude. He like, always
1: <laughs> genuinely, like, P. somebody who'd have been around and been the dude that was either overlooked, underrated, second-guessed, wasn't thought about, whatever. Like, P. has felt all of those different pains as an entrepreneur that anybody doing this has felt. So when he's putting on his battles, when we put on a war show, when he put on other platforms, he's working out of that energy of knowing how that feels personally.
0: So so everybody so he go so you don't feel like that, bro. You come on, do this. Right. You know what, you I'm, know saying? what I'm saying? Right. He, right.
1: he's always had that open door policy, like you come rock with me and we break bread and it go the right way, yeah. I'm gonna reciprocate that. So no that's doubt. just something that P always been about. I just feel like sometimes situations get weird and people misconstrue what his intentions may be. Or uh, where he may be trying to come from with stuff, but it's always to better the scene. It's always to break opportunity. Like that's always something, bro, been about. Yeah. And for me, for myself, I'm the same way. I'm a little bit more militant than bro. Like I got a line, uh, how much disrespect <laughs> I'm gonna take, yeah. then I have to let remind people like I'm 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 a man at the end of the day, just like you, a man. Right. Like there's only so much that I'm gonna take, but I'm the same way in that regard. Like I'm about opportunity too. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's
0: right, so right. where can people catch you at? bro Hey man, TCE Pod on Twitter and Instagram. TCE Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can search us on the Facebook at uh, the Connected <laughs> Experience uh, <laughs> Podcast, and then we got the YouTube about to drop, man. Yeah, we, yeah, got we got some so the, dope yeah, about yeah, to yeah, drop yeah, yeah. Yeah, on the YouTube. So hey man, just keep 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 rocking with us, and we go we'll update hey, y'all. Shout up to thing. San Jose. You know, what I'm hey, hey, shout out to San Jose once again. I asked like, y'all a question, yeah, we yeah,
1: rap, like. uh you know i've been watching all what i've been doing so like i know y'all got the book stuff and y'all have helped me one time with the school like what's the what's the motherboard for which i got going on like what does all this feed into like what the-
0: man time freedom man time freedom so our whole entrepreneurial goal like even when we wrapped. We looked at it from a business standpoint we, we knew like artistry was cool But we wanted to be like the CEOs and Like even with the A&R Like he had the opportunity To be an A&R for Who Banging When we was in high school you feel what I'm saying, and, and that's I how didn't, we I understood didn't take the what opportunity, it was. You know what I'm saying? That was Mac right. Ten label. You feel yeah. what I'm, I'm saying? Gonna, oh yeah. Well, you you probably without, yeah yeah. yeah. So it's <laughs> it's, it's all for like time management, time freedom. Not even time management. Because if you're the lord of your finances, you got the time that you want. Like so, like I said, like. I live a daddy-daughter life and my daughter's like my uh, seven-year-old like super active like the the number one student in second grade and I do homework and everything with her and I never want her to make sure I mean never want her to feel like that I ain't there for because I got a Shoot and do something because at one point the money not gonna be even worth it. Like I heard Kevin Hart say he spent fifty thousand to go to a kid graduation. All people heard was that he spent fifty thousand to fly private. No, his commitment, his first commitment is to his child. So if I gotta do this and go do that, I never fifty thousand ain't nothing. We gonna make that back. Right, but I just everything that we doing is really just to prepare for the future for the next generation. Like. All this hard work we putting in can actually just be opening one door that one of our daughters can walk through and make her dreams come true. You know what I'm saying? So we just do it really because we, by nature, we like to help people too. So I hate hearing the same story about fucked up deals, don't know what publishing is, uh, no outlets to go talk about what you're doing. So we created all that. We can help you get your business tight. We can bring you on the show. We can take you to other shows. We can, you know what I'm saying? It's just we actually live by the motto, it's I a want lifestyle. for my brother what, what I, want I want for, for myself. That's and that's real, like we really, like we've told this story before, but like we had the opportunity to block somebody, right? And I mean, like, just because they did some shady shit to us, right? But, like, when we talked about it, we can't do that because we don't want nobody to do that to us. Now, if you do business with this person after I told you, like, what type of business they do, that's on you because I warned well, you. Gonna but we're you know not I mean? going to stop you. But I'm not going to stop. No, if you think y'all should do business, go do business because I wouldn't want nobody to block us. Right. You feel what I'm saying? Like, why would I block that? The, the cream go rise right to the top. you either going to be good at what you do or you not by putting that work in, man. So we definitely... Definitely appreciate you coming, bro. Like Yeah, and you actually you know. probably the first or the second return guest,
1: right? Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. and, and then it's
0: the same time frame and everything, so people got to get used to knowing at Them uh, awards. Them right. awards is it's always the first Sunday of every year so far, right?
1: Yeah, so far so, we we, we try we, we found a niche on the business end, like by doing it at that time because we only got a handful of big events. It's Dilla Day. Yeah. It oh. used to be three one three day. Yeah. Summer jams. The big show at the Joe, or yeah. and then the the cut right, it fit in perfect. So yep. it's it's like we tried to like make it so we highlighted within those things, but we're not necessarily competing with those
0: things. Right, right. You know right. Know so. so, every year, it's going to get bigger and bigger, bigger and bigger. bigger. We with, we witnessing it, you know what I'm saying? And one day, you go look up, and it's going to be the 15th annual, and it's going to be people who, they're like us, like, yo, we've been coming, whether we get nominated, whatever, Like even with whether we present, and P hit me up like, oh, dog, I forgot to ask y'all if y'all wanted to present. I <laughs> I'm told a beater him, anyway. I'm going to be there anyway, bro. It, it wouldn't, I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? I'm supporting. And then he was like, well, blah, blah, blah. I said, look, bro, I'll be there. If we will present That's cool But just th- We seeing it grow So we love being a part of it So if you want to be on the show though You can hit us at uh, PR at T-C-O-H-H. dot org That's pr- at tcohh dot org I'm SJ I'm AJ I want for my brother What, what I, I want for myself yeah.